My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I believe in scratch cooking, fresh ingredients, and positive energy. Join me on this culinary journey as we discuss the weekend food, and I break down a recipe step-by-step for you to make it home. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. Good morning. Hi. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. I am so, so, so thrilled to have you here. And this week, I am going to jump immediately into positive thoughts for the week because I am overwhelmed with a sense of gratitude. And I'm overwhelmed with a sense of gratitude, ladies and gentlemen, because of all of your absolutely amazing messages, posts, shares all of the absolutely amazing support that everyone out there has shown the show since it launched we are now going live on podcatchers every single day i spent like hours and hours getting all of these things submitted so that way the show will be available out there literally anywhere that you turn i just want to express my absolute gratitude so let's all just take a moment just close your eyes And just think to yourself, what am I grateful for today? Has something happened to you today? Has something happened to you yesterday? Is there something happening in your life right now that you're really, really grateful for? Has someone done something lately to lift you up? And what have you done lately to lift other people up? I think one of the most important things that we can always do, especially when we're expressing our gratitude, is to lift other people up. Turn positive energy into more positive energy by trying to channel it into other people and into other things to give back and just kind of continue to foster this amazing sense of gratitude. Always be kind, ladies and gentlemen. Always, always always be kind. And I could not possibly begin to thank all of you enough for all of your absolutely amazing support. But I did want to say a very special thank you to Rebecca, my girlfriend who designed the artwork, the show artwork that you see on Apple Podcasts and everywhere that you can find the show. Uh, She just totally threw it at me. Didn't even expect it. Didn't even ask her to. And I'm so grateful to have somebody so amazingly supportive in my life. And I'm so grateful to be surrounded by such amazing listeners and such amazing peers in my podcasting community, you know, who have reached out, who have shared the show on social media, who have tried to engage their audiences and told their audiences to check out the show. It means so much to me. I could never possibly express all of my gratitude, but I am so, so humbled and so, so grateful today for all of your amazing support. Thank you from the bottom of my heart.
And with our gratitude, everyone, let's go ahead and head over to This Week in Food. I mentioned last week during the pilot episode that I had a Mexican-themed weekend with Rebecca. Thank you so much, everybody that has tuned in and listened to the pilot. If you haven't gotten an opportunity yet, please go back and check out that red wine-infused brownie recipe. I promise you, if you love wine and you love chocolate, you're going to be absolutely in love with those brownies. But I wanted to talk about the rest of the recipes that I made for that Mexican-themed weekend. And I did mention the homemade margaritas. And I'll just put it in here again, because why not? But get yourself a good kind of of middle-of-the-road tequila. If you can afford a Patron, hey, you go for a Patron. I purposely would recommend the 1800 Silver or Cabo Wabo Blanco. I love both of those, and they're good price points, about 30-ish dollars a bottle for each of those. Definitely get yourself something decent, middle-of-the-road, so you got a nice, good agave flavor. You do two ounces of tequila, two ounces of lime juice, one ounce of triple sec or Cointreau, and then a half an ounce of agave syrup. Give that a good shake and just a good shake with some ice. Mind you, don't forget your ice. <laughs> and then, you know, pour it over some rocks and boom, rim your glass. I have, again, that raspberry chipotle sea salt, which I'm going to be mentioning again here in just a moment when I talk about Mexican street corn. But uh, yeah, make yourself a good homemade margarita to go along with all of this. The wonderful agave and the lime, everything is going to pair so, so well with all the food that we're going to be talking about in this week's episode. Now, the featured recipe this week is going to be marinated skirt steak, so stay tuned for that. But I wanted to take a quick moment to talk about Mexican street corn. This is something that I had never had before until very, very recently. And I had met my friends Bill and Melissa up in the Finger Lakes, and we went to Watkins Glen And we went to Nichols Pit Barbecue, which is at the bottom of Seneca Lake. If you are from the area, you're from the Finger Lakes area, or you're anywhere near Watkins Glen and you want really, really great, and I mean just absolutely mouth-wateringly succulent barbecue, you have to get to Nichols Pit Barbecue. They do amazing work there. But one of the signs that they offer, or at least they did when I was there back in, I don't know, May, was a Mexican street corn. And I kind of became obsessed with the idea of it, but then I never made it like the whole summer, all this time while corn on the cob was plentifully available in grocery stores. I never made it the whole time. I don't have any idea why, but I just never did. I don't ask me. I don't know. I don't get it. (laughs) But I wanted, when I was thinking about making this kind of nice Mexican themed menu for Rebecca, I was like, I really, really want to try to give Mexican street corn a try. So I did some searching out there on the web, and I came across a blog by a woman named Britta called Food with Feeling. Britta's recipe calls for four ears of corn. Now, I unfortunately couldn't find ears of corn, so I just went with a canned whole kernel sweet corn. There are very few things that I won't do fresh, but things like this that are done at the peak of freshness and and canned and things like that, I don't really have a big problem with them. I tend to avoid anything that's like prepackaged for the most part because I don't want to eat preservatives and things of that nature. But, you know, for things like corn, especially when you can't find it in season, I'm just not a fan of frozen vegetables. I don't know why that is. There's just something different texture wise or taste wise. And maybe that's the way that I grew up because I always had canned vegetables and stuff like that growing up. I don't necessarily know. 
But at any rate, I ended up using a can of whole kernel sweet corn. Again, her recipe is down in the show notes. And I did a couple of important swaps here in a couple of, of, of different additions to kind of make this my own. Whenever I make a recipe that I find anywhere, you'll find this about me as we go forward with the show. I will always tweak it and I will always make it my own. I very, very rarely follow recipes anyway. So this show is weird for me because I have to transcribe my recipes step by step to break them down for everybody. <laughs> But, you know, it's just a it's it's a fun, fun challenge to do. But, you know, generally speaking, when it comes to a lot of foods, I don't follow recipes. I kind of just go based on all the things that I've learned over the years. But I love, love transcribing everything and really getting it on paper because then it allows me to kind of learn from myself in a way and learn from, you know, the mistakes that I've made and then kind of try to work to adapt it. Like those brownies, when I did those brownies last week. The first time I ever made them, I did them with blackberries. You can actually hear that original segment from the restaurant podcast. It's over on my Patreon. Uh, if you're a member at any tier, at any level, you get access to that. As well as whenever that happens in the future, if it's something I've adapted or something I've built on from back in the restaurant podcast days, I'm going to toss the original audio up over there because I still have it. I might as well use it. Let's be honest. <laughs> Mexican street corn, Nick. Get to the point. There's <laughs> not even anybody else on this show with me. And I'm still just bantering with myself. <sighs> I did a quarter cup of plain Greek yogurt. Now, she calls for sour cream. I am not a sour cream fan whatsoever. So I swapped it out with plain Greek yogurt. I think I mentioned that last week. Also, a quarter cup of mayonnaise. A half of a cup of crumbled cojita cheese. I actually shredded this because I just got like a big wedge of it. A quarter of a cup of homemade barbecue sauce. Now, I make my own sauces and everything like that homemade. My homemade barbecue sauce is based on like a whole bunch of roasted peppers, onions, and garlic that I then blend down and then add your vinegars and sugars and all sorts of seasoning and spices to. I'll have to talk about homemade barbecue sauce in its entire own episode because there's so many different ways to make it. There's so many different things. But I figured it would be a really, really good kick and add a really good amount of spice to this dish. So I added a quarter cup of that. I increased her amount of garlic by a lot. I added 10 cloves of garlic uh, crushed. I put it in my garlic press and crushed it in there. A quarter of a tablespoon of that raspberry chipotle sea salt, again from Caravel Gourmet. Please try their salts. They are a little bit on the pricey side, but you will not regret it. I promise. The juice and zest of one lime, a quarter of a cup of cilantro, very finely chopped, and a half of a teaspoon of a Chipotle chili powder. Now, since you've already got the raspberry chipotle sea salt, you don't necessarily have to have chipotle chili powder here. You can just add this for a little bit extra. I actually have a hot Mexican chili powder that I used. It gave this a little bit of an extra spice that I wouldn't, you know, really have intended upon. But, you know, it turned out really, really good. The flavor is so robust and the flavor is so good. But I did make one kind of crucial error. I think that this sauce would be better. And you think about things like mayonnaise and Greek yogurt in it. Like, I don't know. You, you think like kind of weird. And like, if this were like an ear of corn kind of thing, if this were on ears of corn, this wouldn't even be a, a, you know, an issue because it wouldn't really worry about it because it would warm up really, really well. Cause ears of corn hold their heat really well. And they transfer that heat right to this sauce. This I should have warmed up. This should have been warm. I made this sauce ahead of time and then I refrigerated it. And then when I was ready to make it with the meal, I just, you know, warmed up the corn and then just, you know, put a layer of this over the top. And unfortunately, the cheese kind of wasn't melted in it. 
And I mean, it came together really well. The flavor was good, but I feel like if I would have warmed this up and really given this like a really, really good stir, I definitely could have added to this dish a lot. So next time I ever make this, I'm probably going to add a couple of more things to it and just see how it fares if I do it warm, unless I just wait until, you know, the summer next year, <laughs> make it with ears of corn, which would probably be a lot easier. Definitely check out the original recipe from Britta's blog down below in the show notes. As I said, give it a try. If, if you've never had anything like that, I promise you it's actually really, really fantastic. But we are going to go ahead. We're going to duck into a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. And when I come back, we're going to talk about this week's featured recipe breakdown, a skirt steak marinade with a homemade chimichurri. I'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so, so much again for tuning in to Nikolai's Kitchen. Now, if you have heard the show, if you do like the show and you haven't had an opportunity yet, the show is now listed on Apple Podcasts. Please head over there and give me a review. It will definitely help me to reach more ears if you head down there and leave me a review. Help me get up in the rankings over on Apple Podcasts. I would really, really appreciate it. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could do that. This week, for our featured recipe breakdown, we're going to be talking about marinated skirt steak with a homemade chimichurri. Now, both of the recipes that we are going to talk about are also adapted from a food blog from Jocelyn Adams uh, at grandbabycakes.com. And the link for that, again, will be down in the show notes, same as the earlier recipe that we did. This recipe could also easily work for a flank steak. And I also have made marinades very similar to this for top round as well. Top round, you're gonna to wanna to let marinate longer than a skirt steak. Skirt steak is much thinner and is gonna to take to the marinade much, much easier than a top round will because of the density of the cut. Top round, I usually leave for at least like a day, day and a half or so. But yeah, skirt steak, you're not gonna to wanna to do any longer than really six to eight hours or maybe tops overnight. It's gonna be overkill. It would probably actually have a little bit of a detrimental effect if you left it longer than that. But big, big shout out to Jocelyn Adams. Thank you so, so much for these amazing recipes. And this is how I adapted these. For the marinade, I did a quarter of a cup of soy sauce. I actually have a reduced sodium soy sauce I use for this. A quarter cup of Worcestershire sauce. A quarter of a cup of a dry red wine. I have a Cabernet Sauvignon I use for this. A quarter of a cup of red wine vinegar. One third of a cup of fresh squeezed lime juice. The zest of two limes. I just took a half of a sweet onion and sliced it. And then 10 chopped cloves of garlic and a quarter of a cup of olive oil. Combine all of those ingredients together in a large Ziploc bag. Just kind of seal the bag and just, you know, shake it really, really well. Mix it together. And then you're going to want to add your skirt steak. Like I said, six to eight hours is all this really needs. You don't really need to go too crazy with it. And you don't want to overdo it with this. This is such a flavorful cut of meat. You don't want to just overwhelm this and just leave it in the marinade forever. It definitely doesn't need it. 
Now to move on to the chimichurri, I'm going to give you the ingredients for the chimichurri first. So you can make this ahead of time. And then I just honestly left this. I have a little blender cups, like the individual serving size blender cups for my blender. And I just made this in one of those and literally just left it in there until it was dinner time. That's all I did with it. So for the chimichurri, I did one cup of fresh parsley, a half a cup of fresh cilantro, quarter cup of olive oil, a half of a diced medium onion, 12 cloves of garlic, a half a cup of lime juice, two tablespoons of red wine vinegar, two tablespoons of red wine, again, the Cabernet Sauvignon I had before, the zest of two limes, half of a teaspoon of salt, and a half a teaspoon of a red and black pepper blend. If you guys have never had the red and black pepper blend that McCormick does, it's called Hot Shot. I definitely recommend it. It basically, it's just black and red pepper mixed together. So it's just like if you want pepper on anything, which I will eat pepper on anything, I love pepper. But it just gives all of your pepper dishes a little bit of an extra pop, a little bit of an extra kick. Uh, and then cilantro. So the original recipe that Jocelyn's blog mentions here is a cup of cilantro. Now cilantro, I know it's one of those weird things. And I think I remember reading at some point somewhere that this is just a genetic thing that if you eat cilantro and you taste soap, it's just a genetic thing. If I eat too much cilantro, then I taste soap, but I can have it mixed in with other things. And there's a lot of other powerful flavors going on in here. You've got your lime juice, you've got your red wine vinegar, you've got the salt and pepper, the onion, the garlic, all the other different things at play in this chimichurri. So it's going to do good to kind of suppress it. I actually did a quarter of a cup early on, and then both Rebecca and I tried this, and we both agreed it needed more cilantro. I'm not even a fan of it, and I needed more. But I'd be interested to try this with the full cup of cilantro and see what it tastes like, because I really do feel that this could be a circumstance where all that cilantro is going to play really, really well. I do, like I said, if I just have to eat just cilantro on stuff, I definitely, definitely get soap. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think of cilantro on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Nikolai's Kitchen. It just, yeah, let me know what you guys think of it. I went with a half a cup in the end because I felt like I didn't want to overwhelm it and I didn't want to make it so I wouldn't eat it. For this skirt steak, you want a high heat sear on this, either on a grill or I did this on cast iron. I do have a grill. I don't have gas for it right now. It's one of those little small tabletop grills that you use outside. It does not get hot enough to make something like this where you're going to get a hot enough sear on it to really get that good char. So I didn't use my grill. I didn't want to bust out the grill for it and try to use it. Like if you have a really good grill, this would be perfect because this is one of those things you really want those beautiful grill marks on. But I just had to sear this in cast iron. What you want to do, especially if you're cooking this on a stovetop, is you want an oil with a higher smoke point, not olive oil. Basically, you want something like a peanut oil, a grapeseed oil, sunflower oil. There's a lot of other different oils that you can use that have higher smoke points because you don't want to basically just be billowing smoke into your kitchen while you're trying to make this dish. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. So take your skirt steak out of the marinade, and then you're going to pat it dry with paper towels. You want to get all the excess moisture off of it. Now, it's still going to look wet because it's meat, obviously, but you just want to get anything that's dripping off of it, any of that excess marinade off of it, because you want a good, good crust on this thing, okay? Stick your cast iron skillet on the stove. Add one tablespoon of a good high smoke oil. I used peanut oil because that's what I have in the house. And then mid-high on the stove. You want to get that to where it's nice and shimmery. You got a little bit of smoke kind of wisping off of the pan and whatnot. And then you're hot enough and you're ready to go. 
season the skirt steak really, really well with salt and pepper. I didn't add any salt and pepper into the marinade, and Jocelyn's blog doesn't either. Even though it lists them in the ingredients along with it, but I think it just lists that there as part of what you need to make the steak as a whole. You don't want to add salt and pepper to the marinade and then add it again to the steak, or you're basically going to be eating strips of salt. Because you're already adding like soy sauce and Worcestershire to the marinade. The last thing you need is more salt there, more salt here. <laughs> so skip the salt in the marinade and just salt and pepper it right before it goes onto your heat. I again use the raspberry chipotle sea salt that I have from Caravelle Gourmet. A good crust, a good layer of salt and pepper on this. Once it's hot, get it in the pan. High heat sear for two minutes aside, and this is going to turn out somewhere in the neighborhood of the rare side of mid-rare is where mine ended up, okay? If you want to go more on the mid-rare side or getting closer to mid, you're going to want to do two and a half to three minutes per side. If you're cooking it past mid, stop. <laughs> I don't I don't eat steak well done. However you eat steak, I mean, it's your money. If you want to spend the money and then eat it well done, I don't, I don't really get it, but you know, I, I never, I love to eat steak mid rare. I believe that's about perfect. So yeah, I just, no, <laughs> however you eat your steak, you know, more power to you love who you are and love the choices that you make. You're not hurting anybody by eating steak the way you want to eat it. So once your steak is done again, two minutes aside is going to give you the rare side of mid rare. Take it off of the heat and then just leave it to rest for at least five minutes. I think I rested mine for probably somewhere between seven and ten because I was getting other things prepared and getting other things ready. Okay. Now with skirt steak or anything really, flank steak or top round, this is going to kind of apply in any of those circumstances if you ended up using this marinade for something else. You want thin slices cut against the grain. So get yourself a sharp knife and then you're just going to do right against the grain, very thin slices. Okay. And basically between the marinade and between the thin slices, I mean, these are just really fibrous, really, really muscly pieces of meat. So if you just try to grill this with salt and pepper with no marinade and, you know, even slicing it thin, it's going to be really, really tough. You really need both a good marinade and a thin slice here. And then you're going to get one of the most tender pieces of meat you've ever had in your entire life. Okay. Get that sliced, plate it, and then you're going to take your homemade chimichurri and just add a nice swoop of it right over the top. You guys will see in the pictures on social media if you haven't seen them already. You know, just a nice little swoop of chimichurri right over the top. I think Jocelyn's looks way greener than mine does, A, because she's probably got better lighting than I do, but B, she went with that higher amount of cilantro. So that's definitely going to make the difference in terms of the color here. Mine had like an almost uh, greenish gray color to it. If I can say that properly, it still tasted and turned out amazing. Every single bite of this, like I cannot begin to express how much this just absolutely melts in your mouth. Absolutely just oh, one of the most flavorful, one of the most incredible steak dishes I have ever eaten, ladies and gentlemen. And if you've never had skirt steak, now skirt steak is on the pricey side. That's why if you want to substitute something in for this, that's going to be much, much more budget friendly because I eat it a lot is top round. Top round is very, very inexpensive. Comparatively, you can get a huge piece of top round for like 15 bucks. Whereas this was a one pound skirt steak that I paid about 20 bucks for because it's 1999 a pound at Wegmans where I do my grocery shopping. I mean, skirt steak is just 
it's a really, really flavorful cut and you can really, really make a great dish with it. But yeah, you are going to pay a little bit more for it. But is it worth it? Yes. <laughs> Every single bit. Yes, I promise you. Please give this a try. If you're not somebody who is used to marinating meat, I know I talked to my friend Dan from uh, the Netflix and Soul podcast, which I was just on recently. Go check out their show if you haven't. I was on there to review David Fincher's Zodiac and His House, a, a horror thriller. I was over on the show. It was really, really wonderful. It is a not safe for work show. So if you're listening to this and you know you don't want to listen to something not safe for work, please keep that in mind because yeah, we, we have some sailor mouths over over there. <laughs> but I do appreciate Dan having me on. But I think Dan had mentioned over on the Facebook group or somewhere in social media when I was talking about making this initially or making the top round initially something. He had mentioned that he had never marinated steak before. And, you know, there are those cuts that just need it or just ask for it or just beg for it because you're just going to get something way, way too tough. Uh, so if you've never tried something like this, if you've never tried marinating a piece of meat, and then, like I said, you just get that good high heat on it. Top round, you cook a lot differently than you do skirt steak, though. Top round, I sear my top round, and then I finish it in the broiler. So, you know, you, you want to do a little bit different. Obviously, top round's a much thicker piece of meat that's going to need longer, even to get you to the kind of temperature that you're looking for for this. We'll talk more about top round at some point in the future because I love to make it. So I'll definitely do a featured recipe on like a top round marinade and, you know, different ways that you can make that in the future. That, however, is going to do it for this week's episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. Please check out this recipe. Please check me out again on social media at Nikolai's Kitchen, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I do also have a Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Nikolai's Kitchen. You can find all of the important links, literally everything, all the podcatchers, all the social media, everything. If you just go to Nikolai'sKitchen.com, you're going to find links to everything. It actually redirects to my all my links page, and it will give you a link to everything. Like I said, all of the podcatchers, all of the social media, please head to Nikolai'sKitchen.com for more information about everything to do with the show. Next week, I'm going to be making brownies again, but I'm going to be doing them with a little bit of a black forest cake spin because uh, Rebecca's friend Jen is celebrating her birthday and I'm going to be making dinner. I'm also going to be making chicken cordon bleu, which is something I have not challenged myself with in quite a while. It's been a very long time since I've tried to make chicken cordon bleu. So I'm really, really excited to make that. And guys, I get to make one of my favorite things of all time, French onion soup which is going to be our featured recipe on next week's show. So make sure you tune in. You're not going to want to miss this. I firmly believe like when I go to restaurants, French onion soup is the first thing that I order, no matter what it is. And based on how that French onion soup turns out, I know whether or not I'm going to enjoy my entree. <laughs> So make sure you tune in for that. Please subscribe to the show. Please like the show. Please, again, leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. Thank you again so, so much to my wonderful girlfriend for the artwork for the show. Thank you so, so much to everybody for all of your kind words, all of your sharing, all of the work that you guys have done to help spread the word about Nikolai's Kitchen. It means more to me than I could ever possibly express. And my heart is just absolutely flooded with gratitude for you beautiful, beautiful people. Thank you so, so much, everybody out there for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Mm -hmm.